0: This podcast on 97.3, The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest
1: casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Bannon Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this.
0: With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. (laughs) That was
1: incredible. And Paul Reindel. All right. Get ready, tier ones. Oh. It's Ben and Woods on 97.3, the fan.
0: Do the show, bitch.
1: get that topic wheel ready if I were you Polly good morning everybody happy Friday Ben and Woods, 973 the fan it's great to be here with you on a Friday I'm I say that I'm lying I actually just told Pauly like 10 minutes ago we should take Fridays off until baseball season starts that's a that's a lie when I said it's great to be here with you I'm happy to be here because I like this job, but I also would rather be asleep right now and then go play golf with my dad, who's here. I've got golf brain in the worst way right now. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindel. He's our executive producer. Morning, Paulie. <laughs> it's way early for the topic wheel. Way, way early. We'll get there though. Have no, make no mistake. We will. We will get to the topic wheel today. How are you, Paul? I'm good. Hi, Paul.
2: Doing? Hi.
1: Hey, Paul, how you doing? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Ben Higgins, birthday boy, 47 years old, officially, from yesterday. How do you feel? Full day. Yeah, no, actually, I feel pretty good. You look tired.
0: It was a long day. It was uh, a day full of work, a little bit of celebration, but I feel pretty good. You know, I was at dinner last night, and my, uh, my mom and dad came down, and we ate, and they took a picture, and I thought, this is me and my kids, and I thought, I don't look 47. I look much younger than 47. You, you
1: absolutely do. I thought, okay, I'm still doing okay. Now, what filter did they use? I have that no picture? idea, it, but it's a good one, whatever it is. It's a damn good one. Yeah, you don't look 47 in that picture. You do right now, however, at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it right now, that's so for sure. you had to anchor last night. Yeah, got to sit down at the desk with Kimberly Hunt. It's now, always a treat. Do you... Was it like, uh, hey man, the starter went down, you b- get loose now, or did you have some indication? I was given um, an
0: afternoon of warning uh, because we had a, a couple of anchors who came in early to cover the big news story yesterday in San Diego, which was a visit by President Joe Biden. That's right, I saw that. So they had some extra coverage early, which meant they were a little shorthanded late. and uh, they said County, you- right? Yeah, he went Oceanside? up to yeah, MiraCosta College in Oceanside. He played the Oceanside. GOAT yesterday, actually, <laughs> yeah. Ian got around in at the GOAT. Getting flew into, the flew into Miramar, got in the motorcade, drove up to Oceanside, did a um, a rally with Congressman Mike Levin. He's in a very tight race. Uh, Election Day, of course, is on Tuesday. So the president's stumping around the country to sure. help candidates. He was like in Pennsylvania where they have that close Senate race yesterday and California for close congressional races. See if they can you know, push their candidate just
1: over the top. You know what I hate is the, uh, I keep getting emails, I hate getting, this is a terribly naive thing to say, but I hate getting, I've been getting political texts like a madman. Like, so many. I didn't sign up for any, but they're coming, and Ben said, well, this is what happens this time of year. You know what I hate getting is the, hey... We could really use, the fundraising emails is what really, really gets me. Like, it just, it, I, I get mad. I get legitimately mad. And in my mind, I think to myself, a lesson that this man here, on my right, taught me when I was a young man. Uh, my dad's here. Gary Woods, you want to say hi? Good morning, everyone. Good, good uh, to be here. Good, so when I was a kid, I would, I always had big uh, dreams of going out and doing things. Like, I wanted to do this, and I wanted, to, my dad would always tell me, If you don't have the money, you can't do it, right? And he tried to teach me from an early age, like, like I remember a dance. I wanted to go to this dance, but I needed like a new suit, right? And so I hit him up. I'm like, Dad, I got this dance. I think probably eighth or ninth grade, ninth or tenth grade, maybe. And I go, I need a new suit, and he's like, Well, I'm not buying you a suit that you're going to wear one time. And he's right. He's right. So I go, but I want to go, and I don't want to look like a schlep. And he's like, but how much money do you have? I'm like, $7. Like, what am I going to do with this? And he's like, all right, well, let's work out a deal. So I, like, sold him baseball cards that he was going to keep and give to me later anyway. So I knew that. But we worked out a deal. But the thing is, is like, hey, man, if you don't have the money, you don't get to go to the movies, right? Don't borrow from your buddies to go to the movie. If you have the money, then sure, go do what you have And I'm sitting here going, hey, man, you want to be governor? You Pay your own way. I don't want to pay for you to be governor. Okay, well, but then... What do you need this money for? Where's this money going? Then
0: you're only saying that people can be rich, politicians if they're independently wealthy
1: and rich. What did I say? I said it's a terribly naive thing to say. I said it. I know it is. I know it's stupid. You don't want that. You don't want the richest of the rich buying their way into positions of power, which, by the way, they kind of do anyway. They kinda of, you ever see a real poor guy really hit the the, the the top of the political heap? Some guy from very, very modest me. I mean, it's so rare uh when it happens, but I keep getting these fundraising emails. I'm like, you're not getting one red cent from me. You want this thing, then you pay for I it. I
0: mean, in an ideal world, I was a I was a political science student in college. And to me, in, in an ideal world, every single race is decided based on the merits, the ideas yes. of the two candidates. The ideals,
1: the morals. Who you think
0: is going to do a better job representing That's you and your me. positions. But in reality, it often comes down to who raises more money because they put on better ads. They can buy more ad time. and. Just ends up convincing people, and it all comes down to money and who has the support of their party systems, and that's why we only have the two parties. Because if you're not in one of the two parties, you're not going to have nearly enough sure. financial support to to make any waves and and you know make inroads in this country. So it doesn't come down to the really the system of ideas that you would like to see in an
1: ideal world. That's exactly right, and I'm just I'm tired of getting the emails. I, I've already voted. I did the early vote. Uh, Hannah and I both did. We voted about a week ago. We got it done and i'm on to the i'm on to the you know i'm on to the next just grind we're of- actually more democrat radio very democratic how you, so
0: well because the audience is like the voters and yeah. you get to choose who you want to listen to now for
1: free by the way now, on the house
0: yeah and you really can choose anyone you want based on who you think is most entertaining most engaged you, yeah. you who you like listening to whatever now there is you know, you could have a few radio stations, companies, they put in money for, like, billboards and advertising that others may not have the resources to do. And it can give other stations an edge. Some but will
2: pay for awards. They, they, yeah, yes. you know, they'll yeah. do little things. That's but, true.
0: But for me, ultimately, usually it comes down, that could get you to try someone once. But ultimately, you're going to listen to the show that you feel best about, that you want to be entertained by. In the morning, whatever time period we're talking about, so I think radio very democratic. It is democratic.
1: It's a really good way to put that. It's a very, very good so way to vote
0: for Ben and Woods this election yeah. day. Actually, you don't. I mean, you don't even have to like go to a ballot box. You don't have you to just do anything.
1: Turn on your radio or your app like you always do. Yeah, cast your cast your vote. Cast your vote. Well, we certainly appreciate it. I, I mean, I've
2: gotten more. Political text messages—it's well, insane than I've ever received this year.
1: I got—I got to tell you guys, and it's not only the political text. I mean, I'll show you my call log from yesterday. It happens. i, I don't entire, get the calls. You know, see the red? Yeah. See the red there? Those are all spam. Every single I got them yesterday. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Four, I got just got a call, by the way, from Grundy, Virginia, Grundy, which is also a term for when somebody. Yanks your underwear up your butt. A Grundy. Is that like a wedgie? It's a Grundy. It's a Grundy. Uh, I mean, look, I've got all the red. Those are all spam calls. And it just, it never ends. At least those aren't
0: like hurting the environment, though. It's the mailers that I get. Tons of mailers. Constantly. The mailbox every single day. Is jammed full right now yeah. of little glossies. Yeah, glossies. And there's three for one candidate and three for his opponent, and they're all saying the exact same thing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's amazing. That's the funny thing. It's like uh, you don't vote for him because he's going to raise your taxes, and then he'll say, "No, don't vote for him because he's going to raise your taxes." And they're they're saying the exact
2: same thing about each other. How how can people ever decide when, when
0: they're just getting conflicting
1: information with, with constantly? With the text
2: messages, it takes an, a little extra effort. But I do have found the solution. I think I just mess with them. I text I've them back.
1: seen people texting, but I—I I honestly saw our buddy Sam. Uh, he got one the other day, and he said, "All right, where should Fernando Tatis Jr. play next season?" And the guy wrote him back and was like, "You know, frankly, I think he'd be better at shortstop, but I could see him." And like, wrote back immediately. And Sam's like, you have my vote.
2: <laughs> Cause See, I, just write, right I just because I don't care and I don't want to know anything about any of these people. And hey, I'm so and so with Stephen Ro- Woods, uh, congressman hopeful, and want to know if we can get your vote. And I just write back, who's he running against? Well, you know, the primary candidate is so and so. I go, yeah. If you don't, if you ever text me again, I'm gonna vote for that guy. <laughs> I- it's so invasive. never never hear back from
1: them. It's so invasive. It really is. And uh, look, I you know I I try. I do get in that mood sometimes where I'm like, man, it. Sometimes it just gets to be too much. You know, it does. The political ads that we've all seen during the baseball games, and I'm I don't want to be the guy that just says it's too much. I'm burying my head in the sand, but I can get that way at times and and put the blinders on a little bit. So I I'm. It's a struggle for me. This Election time is always a struggle for me. It always is. Well, and the good I think news it is, is for a lot of people.
0: on Wednesday they'll all be gone. Thank God. They, the, the ads will disappear at least for another year plus, and then we're in a presidential cycle, so it'll ramp up again. But... <laughs> awesome. Yeah. The midterms will be over, oh, and the ads Lord. will be done, and the mailers will be done, and we can move on to whatever else is bugging you in life.
1: It, well, there'll be something. You know that. There definitely will be something. 'Cause there always is. There always is. There always is. Uh so we got a good show for you today. Our pal Craig Elson is always excited to talk to Craig or man. He's gonna come on. And uh we we did we've talked to him since the baseball season ended. So this will be You keep saying the baseball season ended and
0: you don't want to come us. back on Fridays until the season the, technically the season yeah. is still going. For us. There's up to two more games left in the World Series. Well,
1: you're not going to get a, you really won't get a better World Series game than you got last night. I mean, been, was, objectively, it was a phenomenal I, game. The entire
0: postseason for me has been really, really good. It has, especially Padres, Phillies games in the National League, and now in the World Series. The rest of the American League, I, I don't really paid a ton of attention to, but every game I've watched in the National League, for the most part. Has been compelling, thrilling. Yeah. I'm in
1: a really good postseason so far. It, the last night's game was spectacular. It was spectacular. And, you know, you may not like the result. Maybe you love the result. But it was it was great. We'll break that down. A couple of, uh, you know, honestly, really massively key moments. My dad and I were actually talking about a couple of them on the drive-in this morning. And, you know, my dad's a little bit more old school. We were talking about that this morning. I was trying to school, school him on as new school as I am, which still isn't that new school. But, I mean, there are some, some things you look at last night. And if you're a Phillies fan, you're kind of ripping your hair out this morning. And like Brandon Marsh, you're ripping your long, wet, disgusting hair out for not getting that job done last night. Not that it's easy to get that job done, but you had every opportunity to win that game last night. You know Bryce Harper continues to come up with clutch hits. I thought Kyle Schwarber leading off with a bomb was pretty amazing. Uh, We'll get into all of that and then some today. Uh, Our buddy Matt Savant from the Gulls is going to stop by too. One of my favorite humans in San Diego sports. Uh, Just one of the best guys you will ever ever run across. Uh, How are the Gulls? How how's their start then? I need Uh, to
0: look. I think they're a little under five hundred. Not exactly flying out of the gate, but they have uh, home games tonight and
1: tomorrow at Pechanga Arena. They've been on the road a lot. so I'm taking Bo uh, pretty soon. Pretty soon uh, we're going to head out there. It will be his first hockey game. So I have a feeling he's going to get way, way into it. I really think he'll like it because he loves going to Seals games.
0: We also have our first pair of San Diego State basketball tickets to give away this season for the top 20 ranked Aztecs uh, for their season opener on Monday night. So chance to win uh, coming up if you listen throughout the program this you gonna morning.
1: You're going to try to... Uh, you try to get yourself a little little credential for that game?
0: Uh for Monday night's game? Possibly. Yeah, I'll be working. Yeah. So head on down to Viejas Arena. It's not an easy pop in and pop out sort of place. No, though. it's really not, it's they not they, at pa- all. they pack it. It's it's <laughs> not like the casual you can oh yeah, I'll drop in for a few minutes and see what's going on sort of thing. Yep. No, they'll. It's 12,505 or whatever the capacity is for Viejas Arena. My guess is that place is going to be very full this season with the uh, potential shown from this year's team.
1: Got a uh, My Diddy selection next. We'll have some fun. We'll take some calls. Whatever you guys want to do today. It's Friday, man. Let's uh, let's have some fun going to the weekend. Uh, it's ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. La Bamba every time you hear Sleepwalk. But I've played Sleepwalk on a previous ditty, but not by this band. This is Deftones, who will be playing at Petco Park tomorrow. Dia de los Deftones.
0: Oh, that's right, because it was Dia de los Muertes, Mm -hmm. and they have done this
1: concert before,
0: right at the beginning of November.
1: So much fun. And uh, my son, Bo, is a little under the weather, and I was going to take him. It's going to be cold at night. I'm like really... I'm not sure if I'm going to take him, but he. I guess he woke up yesterday. and goes, "Mama, if I rest and I feel better, can I still go with Dad at a deaf tone?" So now I feel like I have to take him, and I I want him to come because I like, but I also don't want him. Is it a myth that if you're sick and you're out and it's cold that you get sicker?
0: Yeah, I think that is
1: actually. I think it is too. Uh,
0: more of a myth.
1: The it like my dad would always be like, "You can't go outside with bare feet. You can, right?" You shouldn't, but you can. It doesn't get you well, sick. Well, I mean,
0: you you can step on sharp things and and hurt no, no, your feet. No, 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 no. Because I don't you don't think it's gonna, that because it's
1: cold. It's not going to make you sick, though. Right. Viruses make you sick. Touching some doo-doo and rubbing it in your eye <laughs> and in your nose and mouth makes you sick. But being cold. Now, if you're sick, being cold can be sucks. very uncomfortable yeah, and sucks. yucky. Here's, so here's what I know is going to happen. He'll say, I feel fine, I feel fine. We'll get there, he'll get his pretzel, and then we'll watch three songs and be like I'm ready to go. And then I'm screwed. I I want to go and I want to enjoy it. We, but, he's a you know he's that
0: age that doesn't
1: matter where you're going, that's always the truth. He every. you guys think I leave early early to places? Nobody leaves. I We did 20 minutes in Top Gun. cost me $100 to go see 20 minutes of Top Gun. <laughs> so maybe don't take your four-year-old to Top Gun. I mean, these are all lessons I'm learning as I go. But uh, that, is a,
0: that is a great, great song. It is. I remember the impatience of wanting the kids to be a little older so you could actually do things with them. Yes. Like, oh, wait, let's take the kids to Disneyland. And then you think... All right, yeah, but it's so expensive, and they're going to last, like, 45 minutes. That's so so we can't really do that yet. And That's it's so like, true. All right, in
1: four years, we'll do that. And it's like, you just wait and wait and wait. The first time we took Bo, thank God we got tickets from here. It was on the house. We No BS, we were at Disneyland for 45 minutes. I mean, he melted down. He was literally, he was like two. And we took him, and I was like, let's get, like, 10 pictures, and let's take it to the car, because this is not fun. Uh, at all. And so, yeah, we made it 45 minutes at Disney. So there you go.
0: Really, uh, really good game, as you said, Woods, oh. last night. Uh, the Astros, though, have taken control with a 3-2 series lead and heading back home for game six and seven if necessary. In Houston, uh, I, you know, after getting no hit, the Phillies, you know, bounce back, the leadoff home run by Schwarber off Verlander. And, boy, I, I was really thinking at that point, Justin Verlander is simply... Is simply going to wear this I can't pitch in the World Series thing forever. For the rest of his life. Now he had, he went five innings, didn't allow another run. Was he dominant? No, but
1: He walked he I, was he walked a few guys, yeah, but again, he, like he got he got through five, put himself and his team in a position to win. He'll you know, at least be
0: able him? to say I have a World Series win on my career record. Yep. He won't retire at the end of his career saying I can't believe I never won a World Series game after everything else I did. He did. He it did. was an important one last night. Philly had their chances. I mean, it was a close game. They had runners on. Uh, there were some, you know, atom balls. Uh, good defensive plays by the Astros that kept that game, you know, in their favor. But it was it was dramatic all the way through. Another really good playoff game last night. Uh, but now it looks like. I mean, Houston would really have to mess up at this point not to win at least one of the last two at
1: home. But who knows what's going to happen after everything we've seen so far in this postseason? Yeah, nobody knows what to. Nobody knows what you're going to expect uh, on a night on a nightly basis, especially with the Phillies. Like, you come out, you have five homers, you know, off McCullers, who's not like he's a bad pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Five bombs off him, you know, score a ton of runs. And then just dying. They're just dying to get a run in. And I think, you know, it's going to kill those guys, man, knowing they had late in the game, first and third, one out, Brandon Marsh at the plate. And I, they were talking about it a little bit on the broadcast. This is one of the things my pops and I were talking about this morning is it's so weird to see, like, Brandon Marsh, who's not a home run hitter, right? That's not his, his strength. That dude is up there trying to yak a three-run homer on all three pitches. And it just—it's the part of the game I think where you're like, man, that's got to change. Like you don't—you don't need a home run there, Brandon. You're—you're you're a fast guy. You got to put that ball in play. You have to. And they—they they, those pitchers are so good now; they'll exploit you know any weakness that you have. And they know he's up there trying to sell out for one, and he did. Man, three huge, huge swings on on really balls out of the zone. I mean, the the last pitch he swung at was I think it was a cutter, uh, and just a, two strikes. He he's still. You still you need to hit a lazy fly ball man. You got to tie that game. You have got to find a way to get that run in and I know it's much easier said than done and it is. Um uh, but they got to be kicking themselves. They had they had plenty of opportunities.
0: I think ultimately though what's going to end up being the difference if and when the Astros win and it was the same for the Padres and the and the Phillies as good as they are those teams eventually kind of ran out of depth yeah, whether it was bullpen it, yep. Lineup starting pitching for the Padres at the end of the series, and the Astros just have a little bit more every single game. They're just a little deeper everywhere. Their bullpen, it doesn't it doesn't wear out. They have a .88 ERA in the postseason because whoever they throw out there has been fantastic. They're just a little bit better. They're a little better defensively than the Phillies. Obviously, I think their lineup. While they don't have the power hitters, it just it just keeps going when you're the Astros. They just keep going. And I'm not going to be mad if they win, because I do think it'll be, and it's not always the case in baseball, but the quote-unquote right team,
1: yeah, the, the, if the Astros the best, win, the best, team.
0: the best team will win the World Series.
1: I, I agree, and I I am no Astros fan, you know, uh, at all. But they are, to watch them play, and when they are clicking, I mean, you can't look at them and go, that's, that's, a, that's not an entertaining team to watch. I mean, they're really, really deep, it, every single part of their game, and, you know, you let Martín Maldonado get on last night. Like you can't let some of those guys at the bottom beat you, and they did. The catch by Chas McCormick was spectacular, just spectacular in the biggest moment. And you thought to yourself at that moment, "Oh my God, the Phillies are going to freaking do this thing again." Bryce Harper, man, he you know, when they needed him most, came through, and they just couldn't get him, couldn't couldn't get him uh, across last night. It was, but what a game, man! A three-two a World Series game, <laughs> just down to the last. You know, basically the last play is is just spectacular.
0: So I wanted to ask you this question as we move forward here. And, and you know, I think the Phillies will probably be pretty good next year. And obviously the Dodgers aren't going anywhere. Um, you know, the Mets will still continue to put a lot of resources in their
1: team. Yeah, they're going to be scary what Steve Cohen does. Like Steve Cohen might maybe, maybe the scariest The Braves are the very
0: season. young and set up for a long run. Cardinals seem to be good every single year. Yeah, the NL's nasty. And the Padres are 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 loaded to compete still. So it's very rare that you'd have the same exact same playoff teams make the make the but who isn't going to make the playoffs out of out of that group next year? God, I hope it's
1: not us. I, well, that's oh, what I'm kind Lord. of worried
0: about. It's like someone's going to mess up and not probably not make the playoffs, but I can't I can't really make an argument for any of the six teams that well. I mean, maybe the Cardinals but that's what the Padres are facing going forward. It's not there's never going to be an easy road to the playoffs, to the World Series well, in you, the National League.
1: You gotta also think all those teams that you named are so they're gonna lose some guys, sure. Sure. But, but they're gonna add some guys. Absolutely. I mean Jacob deGrom will be, I would imagine, one of those in six one teams. of those sixteens yep. you just mentioned. It would really surprise me if the Braves don't go Trey Turner you will know probably what?
0: could stay on one of those teams or go to one of the different teams. I would say
1: Trey Turner is the starting shortstop the sh- I always do this. The starting shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies next season. I would I, I'd go. I'd lay you some pretty good odds. Be an on that. intriguing upgrade for Philly if they did that. They're like Bryson Stott. We love you, kid, but you're gonna have to learn how to play the outfield or uh, whatever. Like, I mean, you take Trey Turner any day of the week, and I know him and Bryce are really tight. They, he he wants to be on the East Coast now. The other, I mean, you're not gonna move Lindor off a of short for the Mets, but anything's possible. Anything is possible. So they're they're gonna. It's gonna be pretty nasty. The Dodgers are gonna. They're gonna need a shortstop, Benny. Something tells me it's not going to be uh, a guy that we like facing. Just like Trey Turner wasn't. Trey Turner was not a guy you like facing. It could be Carlos Correa. It could be somebody really uh, nasty, Xander Bogarts. Like there's a bunch of names out there, and these teams with unlimited resources, they're going to go after them. And that's the thing is, like we can sit in here and browbeat each other and and you know twirl our mustaches about all the guys we want to add. There's 10, 12 teams that are going to be really really active. And
0: that's the next challenge for AJ Preller oh. who uh still taking some some slings locally. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Hey, he got his team to the NLCS. He but did. how do you keep your team now good every year? How do you take that next step and get a World Series title? Get there all the way. You know, how how can he do that considering what the competition he's facing? We'll talk about that coming up as you said should be a good Friday glad you're with us better one stick around San Diego's number one sports station 973 the fan. Well, guess I'm Ben Woods, appear on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall.
1: Chevrolet, find new roads. I saw Phillies uh, fans were jeering at Justin Verlander with Kate Upton chants. That's not the flex that you think it is. Like, if Kate Upton's my wife and people are like, Kate Upton, I'd be like, yep, got me. Like, one of the hottest women in the entire. I know. Isn't it the worst? Like, what are we doing?
2: Oh, darn, you got me. You got
1: me. Like, I'm literally married to one of the hottest
2: women on the planet. Yeah, we're and sleeping next door tonight, pal. That's what you're jeering me about?
1: I mean, come on, dude. Philly fans are looking for any edge right now. They're in the torture chamber. I mean, when they won that game, Ben, they slugged all those homers. You could see the look on the faces of the Astros. Like, oh, crap. Like... This this the team of destiny? And then the Astros have just yanked it, yanked it right back.
0: I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I'm thinking that the no-hitter is going to be a pivotal moment in that World Series. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, really. When you go back and you see the Phillies had a 2-1 lead, but then then the Astros threw a no-hitter? I, I think that was a turning point. I, I would say potentially the, in the, the World Series. That
1: would do. I, but then you say that, right? Yeah, the moments you know you never realize them as they're happening. But you say that, <laughs> and then what does Schwarber do to lead off the game? Crack bomb gone. I mean the crowd goes bananas, and then you know every Verlander bears down, and and you know every the offense kind of falls asleep well, again. I, and
0: I mean I, I say it kind of tongue in cheek because it doesn't have to be. The Phillies could win the last two games. It's absolutely and, true. I mean, there's certainly a path there. I mean, they have Zach Wheeler going tomorrow.
1: Yeah, but he's going against Framber Valdez.
0: But if Zach Wheeler is Zach Wheeler, you know, dominant, the one that the Padres saw in game one of the NLCS, no reason the Phillies can't win that game, even on the
1: road. I mean, I even thought last night watching the game when Syndergaard came out and gave up the leadoff triple, uh, and then I think there was a, was there a walk, and I mean I'm looking and I'm like this is clev this is clev revisiting falling apart early, but yeah. they got out of it with just the one, one run. run. And I thought to myself, man, the Astros like you, the momentum in the World Series game, it's just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I thought right there, I'm like, man, if I'm the Astros, I'm legit upset that we only got one run off Syndergaard, who again, not, you know, he's 92, 93 down the middle, Real Muto throwing that guy out. Uh, the strike him out, throw him out is so huge, and the the crowds right back into it, and they just couldn't capitalize.
0: You don't have to be delusional though to envision a scenario where the Phillies still win this thing. No. Like I said, Zach Wheeler pitches you to a two one win. You don't have to, you don't have to bash Framber Valdez. You just have to Score you know, push push across a yeah. run or two somehow. You know, connect on one a solo shot or two, whatever, and then Game Seven, you kind of throw a lot out the window. I mean. Yeah, you probably, you probably see Christian Javier coming back short rest, but short rest, who knows? A lot of guys who haven't done that before don't fare well, or do they put McCullers back out there? I'd be very nervous about that if I was an Astros fan. So,
1: I mean, it's so stupid to say.
0: But Ranger like, Suarez has thrown really well, and he'll be on full rest if he comes back for Game 7. It's so dumb
1: to say, but it, it makes sense in my head. The Phillies are going, if we can win Game 6, we can win the World Series obviously they think that obviously but it's against their it's against the Astros best pitcher like if that obviously if you don't win you're done you go home that's your season's over so it's what you would consider a must win but in my head i feel like the phillies mentality is we go out and win this game and we are going to win in game 7 and the astros i feel if they lose game 6 with their best on the on the bump that's it, i I hope to God it goes seven because the game seven could be the wildest kitchen sink. Yeah, it does. Like it's it gonna be feels, so fun.
0: It feels like it would be an epic end to an epic postseason with a crazy game. You might have eleven pitching changes. It could be really wild, but they do have to get there. And yeah. that's the that is the challenge for the Phillies. Now, if they have their best arguably best pitcher going. Both, I mean,
1: both both teams.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you're the Phillies, what better scenario can you hope for? You've got you're you've right. got your best guy on the mound. Win or lose, you feel like you went down swinging with your best. It's not like they're going with a bullpen day against the Astros' ace. But, yeah, the Astros going home.
1: They've won two in a row. Clearly, they've got the edge now. They are feeling it, man. You see them on the plane celebrating last night. They're feeling it. They're feeling it real good. Um yeah, it's it's not. I'm not going to be like heartbroken if they win it, but I I wanted the under underdog to win, um, and they still very well may. I also put money on the underdog, so got some pretty good odds there. So that would be a lot of fun to win that bet. But um, no, it's 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 really has been a, a remarkable a remarkable World Series. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the hell out of it, and I'll tell you what, man, when the last out is made. That's when the real depression kicks in. That's when it's like, oh, I'm I'm not I don't get to sit and do what I've done every day almost for the last six or seven months. That's when it really, really gets tough. Still, we
0: get to talk about a team that, you know, we're not talking about how do you turn a sixty four win so team true, Benny. So into true. a World Series contender in four years. We're talking about what are the small changes that you need to make to push your team from an NLCS team, to a World Series champion. It's absolutely And right. it's a much more fun off season to do that.
1: It's a, an offseason we don't have any experience with. No. We really don't. We have had to sit in here and say, yeah, I mean, we're really, you know, uh, other teams are going to need to get injured for us to make the playoffs. And now expectations are going to be through the roof, it's, and we'll see how they deal with it. It's but- also something
0: that A.J. Prowler doesn't really have much experience with either. We'll talk about that after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Can you ever get enough of 973 the fan catch up on anything you missed with our show The coach John Kintera, Gwen, and Chris get the podcast right now on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, if you if you still subscribe to the UT um you probably saw Nick Canepa's column on Sunday where he uh, he still like was not willing to acknowledge and give AJ Preller, you know, the the due necessarily for getting this team to the NLCS, and you know, I, what would you? What would you? How would you call the tone
1: of that piece? You saw it, didn't you? Uh, all I saw was a couple of little blurs, yeah. like just. And I don't want to take it out of out of context, but from what I saw, I. It didn't call for the guy to be fired. No, no, but well, I mean, how how could you? At at this point in history, in Padres history, how in the world could you not want AJ Preller to be your GM after the season that we just had? I know it's. Not the ultimate goal and all that, but if this isn't a stepping stone and in the right direction, what is? What is? is? I I found the timing of it to be a little bit weird.
2: I think that's fair. He ripped Fernando Tatis. Oh, he did? Where's this article? Because it says me. I want to get after it then. It's not that long. Um, I mean, it starts with, says me, I hold no regrets for anything untoward I've written about uh, Padres General Manager AJ Preller, I saw this part. And a whole lot of it hasn't been good. <laughs> there have been some claps, thunder and golf, and quite a few hisses. For me, it all fits, so I don't have anything to take back to the store. Nothing personal. I have to sit taller than that in this chair, although I'm certain he doesn't care for me and I don't like him, oh. and I don't give half a damn, oh. but this is strictly business, sonny. Allow me to applaud Preller's mission, although Marco Polo's Polo's was shorter, which was to build a team through pitching with just enough parts to get to the playoffs. This left the regular season marathon to the Dodgers, who were Frank Shorter to San Diego's pack mule. What?
0: That went over my head, too.
2: No praising his handling of Fernando Tatis, leaving Junior to run unattended like a rich kid in Disneyland. Fernando flat-screwed this team. Think the most dynamic uh, among baseball players might have made a difference? They sat on Tatis too late. Now they need a permanent sitter. He supposedly will be spending more off-season time here, and AJ apparently has hired Julie Andrews. Yeah. Preller couldn't have known how Mike Clevenger would hold up when he sold many solid pieces of farm equipment for the ace from Cleveland, nor could he have known Soto and Josh Bell would leave their bats at Lindbergh Field, even though they were facing the same players they did in Washington. But I like the trade regardless. The players acquired at the deadline contributed in the playoffs. Bell's free agent and will be gone. Soto will hit, as he and Bell eventually did. We saw one one-thousandth of Soto. He's 24, game-changer, and they will at least try to keep him here. Pitchers are going to love facing Tatis, if healthy, Soto and Manny Machado. Then came the hiring of Bob Melvin. I felt Preller was under orders this time. And then he goes on to talk about Bob Melvin and his managerial style. A fan? Um... Melvin may have many flaws, and it says here he didn't have the best NLCS with his team falling short, but he didn't lose that series. Philly, a classic example of getting hot at the right time, played better.
1: All right, there's a... Again, we talked about this yesterday. We'll probably talk about it till the season starts. I don't understand the point now of kicking this 23-year-old superstar while he's down. I really don't. I don't, like... I don't understand what it, does it what what is it inherently in humans that wants to and I've seen a bunch and it's it's not just Padre's Facebook I've seen Padre's Twitter too sit there and just man this kid really screw, screwed us and, and blah 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 the thing I know about baseball to my heart and to my core Fernando Tatis Jr. could have taken an offer in the playoffs it ha- Jose Altuve was for God knows what uh, before he got a few knocks. So I do think he helps. I do. I'm not, I'm not a fool. I think he makes your lineup ridiculously scary. He effed up, man. He did. And he knows it. And it hurts and it sucks.
2: He's paying for it.
1: What good does it do to piss on this kid's ashes every single day? I just don't understand. Like, do we move on or do we not? You're not going to divorce yourself from him. You're not. I would never want him in another uniform. Never. I never want to see that kid in another uniform. I think um I just don't understand I, like I, I guess I I
0: get the point because if you if you break it down into simply true and false what Paulie was reading. Yeah. Yeah, true or false is a good way to it. Right, here, here's one. Tr- true or false. The Padres would have been better off with Fernando Tatis Jr. True. And they could have had him if not for mistakes made by Fernando Tatis Jr. True. So in that sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he turned what could have been a World Series championship season into maybe something that was just a little bit short of that. We don't know for sure, but my hunch is that they would have been better off and had a better chance to win the World Series had they had him, and true. that that is his fault. So
1: in that sense, yes, that's true. That it, no, that's not up for debate when it comes like, to. But why why? Why now? Why still? Are we doing this until you, the, it's
0: the timing that bothers you?
1: There's are, nothing totally false. Well, again, are we going to do this until he builds like an orphanage? Uh, like when? When is? When is it over? Like when is he off? Like when is he paroled? Because he's in jail now. He's suspended. He took his suspension. We always want accountability. We love it. We love accountability. Got to have accountability. He said, "I'm sorry." I, this sucks. I've I've let everybody down. What do you want him to do? What's what will make some people fe- call me? If you have an idea, what kind of contrition do you need from you? Don't this need kid? you don't
0: need contrition. I think most fans just want to see him get back out of the field and start producing. Oh no, the I've way seen he was people beforehand. say
1: he needs to earn his way back in the lineup. Does he? He's got to earn it. He'll do what they tell him to do. What is that in you? person that says that what is that in you my fear is your kid my
0: fear is that he comes back and god forbid starts the season in a bit of a
1: slump no kidding
0: no kidding (laughs) the meltdown that will occur if he's hitting like 217 with two homers after three weeks of the season
1: that then you'll really see the hot takes come out what is it in us that makes what makes you feel better about railing this kid what is it? That's a psychological question. I'm glad this man on my right didn't do it to me for my half half dozen, four dozen screw ups in my life, right? Because if he had, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So I have sympathy for him. I know he screwed up. He, yeah, he did. He also owned up to it. I don't understand what a you know, uh, I, what people. What want. about the
0: AJ Preller criticism then?
1: I think, you know, I think AJ, it sucks. The the life of a GM, Ben, is what have you done for me lately? That's what it is. And he knows that when you sign up for the job. The narratives that we busted, though, we said for years, the knock on AJ, he can't, he's not going to, he hasn't built a competitive team. I'd say we were a pretty competitive team this year. That narrative, gone. It's like the example I gave you off the air is I wanted to break 80 in golf. I did it. I shot a 77. Haven't done it since. But you can never take that away from me. I shot. I broke eighty.
0: Should given the resources that he's been given, should he have done it faster? Maybe. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, true or false? Most GMs, maybe all GMs, wouldn't have had as long of a leash of AJ. It probably would have been fired two or three years ago. No but, question. But he had the belief of Peter Seidler and the Padres management, and that was it. Was rewarded this year. But that faith in AJ Preller was rewarded. But a lot of GMs wouldn't have even gotten this opportunity. And that's true. That is very true. AJ lucky in a way that that the ownership had that faith in him to give him this chance and give him those resources
1: because many teams would not have done so. And I'll tell you what, man, I know we didn't win a World Series, but I I feel like we were rewarded this year. I feel I feel great about this season. I had a freaking blast, man. I did. And like taking down the two teams that we took down, and again, I know we didn't win the World Series. That's that goes without saying. But I feel pretty rewarded by the San Diego Padres this year. As a fan, as a season ticket holder, I feel like i got my money's worth.
0: Tier 1s, you can be rewarded out there with a trip to Las Vegas if you can take on Woods and take him down. We'll do that coming up. And I love when I see this phrase, news you can use on my rundown.
2: Coming up next. News I certainly plan on using. More
0: content. It's Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan.